Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm with Jihad Ali. And Waj, you know what I've been noticing lately? And not just lately, I guess over the past, you know, decades of my life. It's good to be white, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's really good to be a white refugee right now. Yeah. I mean, it seems like literal, literal doors open for you as a white refugee. And I, I feel like mainstream media, once again, is failing in the telling of this story. I think, you know, this month in particular, and specifically what's happened in Ukraine and what's happening in Ukraine, uh, the crisis, uh, reveals um, uh, what I call white journalism. And uh, like herpes, white journalism, unfortunately, flares up and gets the best of us, even those who know better. (laughs) No offense to herpes. Because there's no cure. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you some quotes, Danielle, and then I want you to respond. Okay. 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 Here's here's some quotes. I'm going to give you three. Mm -hmm. Quote. Mm -hmm. This isn't a place, with all due respect, like Iraq or Afghanistan that has seen conflicts raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. Quote number one. Quote number two. We're not talking about Syrians fleeing fleeing bombs of the Syrian regime backed by Putin. We're talking about Europeans leaving in cars that look like ours to save their lives. And finally... Quote number three, it's very emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed every day. Danielle, your response. Oh, my fucking God. Like when I because I saw the, the tweet thread with all and it was and 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 folks, just so that, you know, this is BBC, CBS MSNBC, CNN, this was not just, um, you know, American television. This was the world. And when I saw it, Waj, and I, I, I and they didn't even catch themselves. These were, they didn't like that. I think that that to it was so me, pure. It was so pure. It was so pure and so honest, right? Mm. So honest in its, in its assessment. Like, oh, it's not 
these nations that we're used to seeing be bombed and 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 brown people running for their lives and and crying and screaming and losing their livelihood you know that what we have used for our international war porn right oh it's mm. it's these it's these people they have starbucks we have starbucks and so we should feel bad for them they have blue them. eyes we have blue we eyes we have blue eyes and when i when i i mean it was disgusting I mean, that that mm. that is that's the only thing that you can say. And I had watched uh, Ayman Mohedin and, uh, and Madi Hassan both talk about this on air as well and say, my God. So are, so we we come from the uncivilized parts of that's the right. world. Like, that's what the they shit said. Holes. The shithole countries. Yeah, that's And like, let's not forget. Everyone talks about the 2015 Syrian refugee crisis that strengthened the ethno-nationalist governments of Hungary and Poland, who, by the way now, ladies and gentlemen, all of a sudden, miraculously are perfectly fine opening their borders to white Christian uh, Europeans, Ukrainians fleeing. And by the way, Danielle and I both agree on this. I'm going to make the assumption that refugees, regardless of their ethnicity or their gender or their origin, should be helped because they're people. So Poland and Hungary, these two countries in particular that have drifted hard right specifically against the darkies, like openly saying, we don't want miscegenation. We're going to protect the purity of our people. Translation, no darkies allowed. Have now opened the borders and said, come on in, Ukrainians, right? You have U.S. elected officials who said in 2018, we have to stop the invasion, the caravan of migrants, the Middle Easterners and the Latinos that are coming. We have to stop our cities from the chaos of the urban youth. Translation, black folks. Now we got to do everything to help Ukrainians. We got Haitians. Let's not forget about oh Haitians. God. Everyone thinks about you. Syrian refugees. Mm -hmm. Haitians right now are desperately trying to get temporary protected status, right? Nope. F you, Haitians. We're How shipping about you the right African, back. Mm -hmm. The Africans trying to leave Ukraine. And now we've heard stories of black-skinned African immigrants in Ukraine trying to leave, reporting upon the discrimination they're facing because no one wants them or to help them. And so when we talk about whiteness, mm. the disease of whiteness, Whiteness has herpes that flares up and infects even the best of us. This is what we're talking about. This is why white supremacy has to be named, why it has to be dismantled, why it is so caked in to not only our paradigm, our structure, our systems, but also how we view the world. Literally, they're telling you Haitians, Syrians, Yemenis, Afghans, uncivilized, Ukrainians. We have to help our fellow brothers and sisters. And we're united by what? Our complexity and our blue eyes and blonde hair and our quote unquote Western doing a lot of heavy lifting for white civilization. You know, there was a segment that was run on BBC uh, and it was sent to me by uh, a friend of mine. And it was a uh, Nigerian expat who'd been living in the Ukraine going to school. And she was uh, doing the segment now from Hungary after 48 hours of trauma, uh, of walking to get to the border of Poland, to get anywhere. And she says that I want people to understand, this is what she said in her BBC interview, I want people to understand that it, this is not happening at the border of Poland. I had mm. walked for 12 hours, 12 hours hours, right? Because I was told to get off of a bus. They had gotten on the bus. Ukrainians got on the bus and said, blacks get off. We're, wow. we're, we're dealing with 
Ukrainians first, right? When they, when she got to the shelter that she went to, right? So that she could rest after 12 hours, 12 hours of walking. They said, there's a bus that's going to be coming from here to go directly, right? No. Told to walk more, another eight hours to get mm. to where she was going, to then wait out in freezing temperatures, right? Because I want people to understand that are listening that this is, this should be a situation where everyone who is fleeing war deserves safety, deserves Agreed. compassion, deserves empathy. And what we are saying here is that that is not happening. That imagine that on top of fleeing your home, right? On top of grabbing what it is that you could carry to get the hell out of Dodge's way, that you are not not met with, oh, you poor refugee, you poor war-torn person that's fleeing, you're met with racism and bigotry in such a vile way that you are literally being told, you can die out in the cold, but we're not coming for you. You know, can I ask you a question? Uh, and you're, you're witnessing the, the lack of respect that America has historically had for Black lives, right? To the point where this is why people say Black lives matter. Uh, not that other lives don't matter. It's because black lives have Literally not mattered. Don't. And it's it's like it's like the base minimum. Can we just say black lives matter? And America says, no, no, we can't say that. Right. You, you know, it's too much. But if, as a black person looking at this, you know, and you look at the treatment of, say, Europe, Ukrainian refugees who overwhelmingly are white. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them are blonde, not all of them, but they're white. And they have engendered the empathy of so many of our colleagues and reporters and commentators, as they should, because they are suffering from an illegal Russian invasion. But you sit there, do you ever sit there and think, wow, the world hates black people? Yeah. Like we are just I, hated. I, I, I literally um, tweeted that. And I said, mm. um, because watch, I'll be honest. I, I broke down in tears when people started sending me and DMing me the reports of what African immigrants and immigrants of color we're facing as they too are trying to flee and get to safety. I broke down in tears because I said, my God, there is nowhere, nowhere on this God forsaken planet that black people, that black lives are protected and care for. There is nowhere. There is no situation that provokes empathy. We die in the street. We die at your borders, right? All at the hands of white supremacy. Right. We come. We, we plead for compassion. Right. And are told that we need to wait our turn, that now is not the time that journalists are actually saying, oh, there's a bigger story here. Right. It's a bigger story of war that they can't possibly make room in yeah. their wall to wall coverage to be able to talk about the suffering that is happening on top of the tragedy. For those that have black and brown skin. Right. And so when you really think about it and you're like, my God, I am not safe anywhere. Right. Like I not only am I not safe, I am targeted and I am hated everywhere. That is an incredibly hard pill to swallow. And it is why people in this country and around the world have been screaming that Black Lives Matter because we are telling you that it doesn't. And then your reporting is reminding us that it does not. And it's also interesting that when you make the case that, hey, by the way, guys, since we're caring about Ukrainian refugees, which by the way, because we're not sociopaths, we agree 
Yes. They should be cared for. Yes. We should report on it. But we have the ability to also discuss Yemenis who are the victims of an ongoing war between Saudi Arabia and Iran and the United States, both Democratic and Republican administrations have helped Saudis bomb Yemeni people, right? It's a crisis right now, humanitarian crisis. You also have Syrians fleeing their homeland, which is, you know, they've been crushed by Assad and, and, and Russia, by the way, that's helping Assad, right? You're seeing Palestinians who are occupied in Israel, right? You're seeing the genocide of the Rohingya Muslims happening as we speak. No one gives a shit. You see the internment of the Uyghurs, right? And so, guys, mm. listen, mm. as we care about the Ukrainian refugee crisis, hey, there's an ongoing crisis in Afghanistan, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, which we destroyed for 20 years. Look at what's happening in Afghanistan. No one even talks about it because apparently we just washed our hands and walked away. But these people, we've forgotten those refugees. Those refugees are like, hey, hey, you promised us America, right? You promised us. And we're like, eh, Afghan, go after yourself. We're annoyed by you, right? So when we say, can we also focus on these people? The pushback that we get is now is not the time. Now is Read not the, the time. Room. Yep. Read the room. And I'm like, well, why are we so miserly? You know, when it comes to also talking about people of color or refugees, and why is it a zero-sum game? But simultaneously on the domestic front, we need empathy for Chad from the Rust Belt and understand why he voted for a racist. Explain this to me. I just, you know, it, it is so terrifying to me that we, we have the, we, we, are, we are unable, uh, uh, incapable of walking and chewing gum at the same time. That we can't just like have empathy, right? That both the media can't both cover all of the places that you mentioned, including the ethnic cleansing that is happening in Ethiopia, including all of the oh, things yeah. that are Forgot going that. on, right? Right, because there's so much that that is not even mentioned. None of these things are mentioned. And here's the reason why. Because the, the in one of the quotes that you read out, they said the quiet part out loud because they assume violence in these places. They assume mm. that the people that live there don't have lives like you and I, that they don't have communities and homes and jobs, right? That just because their houses may be shaped different and Starbucks is not there, then all of a sudden that they are uncivilized. So you expect quote unquote savagery in these places mm. that are not civilized, right? Right. We, we can look at them and say, oh, well, that's just the norm. Meanwhile, right. how many wars have happened in Europe? <laughs> like, did, did yeah. we miss that part of world history uh, where Europe world has war been War I, untouched? World War II, Holocaust, pogroms, anti-Semitism, uh, wars between Britain and uh, France, Crusades, Inquisition. This is the top of my head, Daniel. This is the top of my head. I mean, did we, I'm just, I'm so confused. I was so confused when the reporters were like, well, this doesn't happen there. I'm like, bitch, it's always happened there. Do you know the history of the place that you're standing in? Right. But for you, it's painful to see people that look like you hurting and fleeing because it makes you think that it can happen to you. But why should there it happen go. to other people? Why is it Which okay and justified for it to happen to other people that don't look like you? From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign, 
Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it, it, you, what you just said, you know, kind of triggers a, a, a type of uh, analysis that, you know, we've had at home. Probably that's why people don't care that black people are being shot and killed by the police. It's not my kids. That's why, taking it domestically, why so many of our colleagues fail to recognize and name Donald Trump's racism for what it was. Eh, you know, he's unorthodox. Eh, racial trip up. Eh, racial flare up. You know, I mentioned this before. The reason why they didn't... Look, I've said this before. If Donald Trump and the Republican said what they said against our communities, Muslims, mm -hmm. people of color, mm -hmm. black folks, Mexicans, refugees, against white people, this man would have never gone the Republican nomination. No. The coverage would have been so radically different because it would affect their wives, mm -hmm. their children, mm -hmm. and their community. But because it didn't, they allowed themselves to be like these fair-minded, even now, I mean, what am I talking about? Even now, when we talk about police brutality, when we talk about voting rights, when we talk about Islamophobia, oh, well, let's do a both sides analysis. We're just calling balls and strikes because it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect people who look like them. When it's us, we're collateral damage. It's okay. It's just telling the story. You know, it's it's so wild because, you know, the 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 lies that have been told in this country and and around the world, right, is that we are black people, I will say, are the workhorses of the world, right? Like our pain is mitigated or just ignored, right? Our humanity is 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 not even discussed. And why is that? Why why do we have to say that Black Lives Matter? Because if you were to actually humanize, right? Mm. Like at all levels, you know, through the media, through our policies, through government, if you were to humanize black people, then you wouldn't be able to abuse and extract, right? Their mm. productivity for your own well-being, right? You see that you need a workhorse, right? And so I have to, I have to make sure that you remain dehumanized. Otherwise, then I start caring, right? About what is mm. happening to you, right? But if I look at you as an animal, right? If I look at you as a savage, savage. Then, then what, then what the brutalization that I do at my own hands is justified. 
right? Yeah, because, because I'm because, because I'm you're, trying you're to not help civilized. you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I have to I have to conquer you to save you. It's like that famous quote from Come Vietnam, on. right? We had to bomb them to save them. It's like Joseph Conrad's novel, Heart of Darkness, Exterminate the Brutes, which was then last year made into a really good documentary series, right? It's the, it's the colonizer's mindset that these are savages and we have to force civilization upon yes. these savages. Mm -hmm. And they need our boots on their necks. It's for their betterment. Yep. And then once they prove their civilizational worth and capacity, then we will remove our boot and treat them as equals. And to justify this ideology of imperialism and white supremacy and colonization, we will also produce and mass produce narratives and entertainment that show black and brown bodies as brutes. And as the evidence has shown repeatedly that in U.S. media, the depiction of black and brown bodies as dehumanized, barbaric, savage, violent, thugs, criminals, the framing, the language, the stories that don't get told, they desensitize yes. mainstream audiences to violence against us. My wife was telling me, she's a doctor, that the type of uh, bias in medicine is that many doctors think that black people have don't a higher pain. threshold mm -hmm. for, of pain. Yeah, that don't feel that don't feel pain. And, you know, the way that this is so pervasive. Right. And again, not discussed. Right. Like we don't we don't get to the granular level to understand why we frame and look at certain people, certain communities in one way and not the other. And it is so that we can continue. Right. Our narrative of the white savior. Right. That's 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 the narrative. Right. It's white saviorship. Right. And so right. apparently you need to be beaten. You need to be bombed. You need to be stepped on in order for you to then be worthy of me saying mm. that you were civilized. I need to break you. Right. Like you have to break in a stallion. Right. Mm. In order and domesticate you. Mm. Right. In order for me to even begin to see. But this is why they don't see our humanity. This is why you can have a police officer in broad daylight use his knee to That's steal right. the life of a black man and people blink an eye for their semester of outrage. And then they go back to where they were in a couple of months. Oh, we were so outraged. Where are all the Black Lives Matter signs now that everybody had put in their lawn and hung in their windows? Mm. Where are they now? Right. They're nowhere to be found. And so when you see what is happening in Ukraine with these uh, African immigrants and immigrants of color from other nations, when you see what is happening, right? And these people, they're shocked. They're like, I've been living alongside of you this whole time. I've been attending university at your schools, mm. right? And now all of a sudden you don't know me? You don't see me? Mm. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know- Well, well whose who's security is placed first? Whose security is placed second? whose lives are valued, which lives are not valued, right? Who gets the sympathetic framing and who doesn't? I mean, and, and this plays out on a domestic and international level. The way I say like, you know, whiteness is like herpes, it flares up, even in our colleagues, right? This is why we need more people of color as gatekeepers to tell the stories and help with the framing. Because like, let's look at the, you know, I'll, you know, if you guys who are listening think we're like stretching here, let's, like, let me give you another example. Mm -hmm. Look at the coverage of black and indigenous girls who go missing mm. compared to one white girl who gets who goes missing just compare mm -hmm. we had a we had a story last year where even the parents the parents of this girl whose whose name I'm forgetting you guys know who I'm talking Ga about uh, Gabby Petito how how could you yeah, possibly and, forget 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. And they're, even they're like, you know what, this is right. That, you know, we're very grateful for the type of coverage and, and the type of like, you know, outswell of uh, support that our daughter has gone. But we also need uh, coverage on all these missing black and indigenous girls that no one gives a shit about. Still girls, someone's daughter. No one cares. Yeah, because you see what it is, is that we pathologize those communities, right? That girl mm. went missing because she's probably from a broken home and those parents are no good, right? Do you like the, the way in which we are so dismissive of black people and people of color in this country and around the world? Like you would never look at what is like you, you would never look at somebody that has gone missing of somebody who has been killed by police and then want to say like, where the parents went wrong. What has happened mm. if that if that if the that culture. person was what's white? wrong with the culture? What's wrong with the culture? You would never the music. say that. No one put it this way. Let, let's take not Gabby. Let's look at Kyle Rittenhouse. Was mm. there ever a conversation about how Kyle Rittenhouse's mother raised him? Right? Like yeah. this single mother, blah, blah, blah. No. We had no conversations about that. We had no conversation. How about Ethan Crumbly? You guys forget about Ethan Crumbly, the guy who brought the gun and killed the gun that was essentially like given, given to, to him, him by, by his, parents. his parents. And even they they ignored the warnings. And then he brought the gun and then shot it up and killed people at his school. And we've forgotten about it. And no one talks about what's wrong with white families? What's wrong with white culture? What's wrong with white music? What's what's happening? How come the parents aren't pulling themselves from the bootstrap? It's like, oh, oh. Lone wolf, Lone disturbed wolf. individual. But this, in that case, in Ethan Crumbly's case, at the very least, it is the first time that parents were charged with the actual right. crime as well. That's right. So we're going to watch and see this play out. But again, even watch, as you were saying, what about white culture? What about the white? It sounds funny. It sounds ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because, because the media would never do that. But give it, let it be a Muslim person, Right. Let it let it let it be a black. Person. What's wrong with Islam? Where's the moderate Muslim? How come people haven't condemned? How come they haven't gone through a reformation? What's happening? Let's investigate. Let's do hearings. Let's do surveillance. Let's do a war <laughs> for 20 years. No problem. No one's going to flinch. Meanwhile, we infantilize the people who voted for Trump and the MAGA supporters who came in as violent insurrectionists and try to overthrow our democracy. We infantilize white male shooters as lone radicals, disturbed individuals that get puff pieces, a nice photo. Even look at the photos they choose for folks. Remember the photo they chose of this dude who got radicalized by QNN in Southern California and then speared his daughters to death, both of his daughters to death, because he thought the wife had somehow like, you know, implanted the demon seed in them, killed his two daughters. And then the photo they used was him smiling with his two daughters. And I'm like, yo, you guys said Mike Brown was like Hulk Hogan. And Trayvon Martin was a thug. It's wild. Ethan Crumbly, the picture that they used, I think that he looked like he was 12 years old. I remember that I photo, think, right, I from school. The, the, the photo that they used of Kyle Rittenhouse, I think he was in a tuxedo. I think it was his school picture. Dude, like, mm. and so, like, there is such a responsibility that journalism has, but nobody is holding them accountable or responsible for what it, because, to your point, the newsrooms don't, are not filled with people that look like us, mm. right? They're not That's the right. ones that are telling the stories, right? Like they're sitting there and they're just like, oh my God, go and fi find the picture of Ethan. You know, he's just a boy, right? Yeah. Like we literally still, that's what they say about, uh, about Junior, Trump Junior. 
Do you know how many times <laughs> the media has referred to him as a child and as a boy? He's a 40-something-year-old like 40 fucking man. You're a grown-ass man. But the Trump children, right? Oh, like, yeah, they're, good call. Do, you, do you want to know what I'm saying? Like, it is the way that language is used to infantilize these people to be yeah. in perpetual adolescence, right? To be perpetual children that need to be cared for. But black children who are actually mm. children, Tamir Rice was shot to death by a police officer. The police officer, I thought he was 21. Three he was seconds. 12. Three seconds. That's all it took. Got out of his car, saw him, shot him, killed him. 12-year-old boy. Less than three seconds. Because he saw blackness and he saw threat. And the data shows that when black skin is introduced into the equation, police officers, like many Americans, immediately think threat compared to white skin, right? Black skin, brown skin threat, savage, brutes, exterminate the brutes. Uh, all lives matter except that they don't. Help the refugees, but give preference to the Ukrainian ones who look white and blue-eyed. The African ones there who are still stuck, eh. Second, the refugees caused by our own destructive war on terror policy, eh. We'll forget about you. Let's go all in to save democracy in Ukraine. F democracy and voting rights for the darkies at home because Chet and Travis might not like talk discussions about Black Lives Matter and we have to win the midterms. It's all connected. This is the mm. disease of white supremacy. Mm that has infected our coverage, our foreign policy. And it's such a painful self-destructive disease because it robs us of our humanity. We, we, we devalue life based on skin color and we don't even realize we're doing it, which is why I think we, it's important to spend an episode on this to talk about this stuff because we want to make sure that maybe, just maybe, there might be some opening, just some opening that people reflect upon their coverage and say, oh shit, why did I say that? Why did I refer to them as civilized? Why am I crying for them and not the Yemeni or the Haitian? Why am I doing everything in my power to help the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Ukrainian, but I don't give a shit about the Afghan? What is it about me? How come I care about the young white girl who goes missing, but I've never thought about the indigenous women who go missing all the time in this country? How come white violent insurrectionists are seen as ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political protests, but Black Lives Matter protesters who over 90%, which is peaceful, are seen as thugs? Hmm, what's happening? Maybe we need, wait for it, CRT. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You know, this was the thing, too, that got me. Um, you know, back when, uh, the, the state of the union happened and it was like, we need to resource the cops. We need to train them. And I'm like, oh, in critical, race, the cops. in critical race theory, is that what we're training them in? Oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea, that. actually. So I, I'm confused, right? Like it's well, banned. I mean, even look what's, even looks happening domestically, right? So some refugees are worth saving. Some refugees are worth covering. Some refugees are worth our empathy and our tears based upon skin color and whether or not they're civilized. And then some refugees are meant to be forgotten. And look how that plays out domestically. Mm. Some voters are the Rust Belt and we need endless stories oh, for yes. five years about their Scranton. grievance. Yeah, yeah, the Scranton. We need to all about Scranton class. and the Rust Belt and, and how they make love to coal, apparently. We all have to make love to coal. We all have to have sex with coal. But then, you know, voting rights of black people, meh. You know, police reform, meh. Income inequality, eh. Mm. Uh, lift all protections on va- vaccines and masks. And, and then the CDC says, hey, just consult your healthcare provider. Except poor folks, including white folks and low income communities, with a lot of black and brown folks, don't have a healthcare provider. Eh, you're on your own. Pray to God. Pray to Allah. Pray to God's. And thoughts and prayers. And this is the this is the disease of whiteness, which is mm. why I hope our listeners, I hope our listeners appreciate why we have to expose it. I don't know if I told you this, Danielle. I got recently called the right wing is not calling me a, a race obsessed liberal. For mm. apparently, yeah. So I get called that as a race obsessed liberal and a race hustler for talking about the stuff we talked about for the past half hour. And I'm like, that's that's high praise. But then again, I think. Look, if if there's a pandemic and you're not talking about COVID, what the F are you doing? If there's a meteor coming and you're not talking about the meteor, what are you doing? If there's a freaking a bipartisan killer called climate change, you're not talking about it, what are you doing? And if there's whiteness, which is killing us and framing a type of coverage where we don't value black and brown refugees as much as we value Ukrainian refugees who are white, then what are we doing? We're living in democracy-ish. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're living in a we're 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 living at a time and a place where we're talking about the quote unquote leaders of the free world, and the world is only free-ish, right? Mm. Because most of it is closed, and not because of COVID, but because of racism and white supremacy. I mean, and that is the reality. And the thing is, is that the reason why, uh, folks, we wanted to do this episode is because as you're watching the coverage of what's happening in Ukraine. Right. And you're being fed this steady diet. Right. And you're feeling this deep empathy and you should. Right. We're not saying not like we're not sociopaths, like we're not saying not to feel empathy. But there are other stories that are also happening that are parallel to that. Those that are being told, ask yourselves and ask those outlets why they're not telling those stories, why those stories are not of value, why the people that are fleeing in the Ukraine, why you can't show the Africans that are fleeing in the Ukraine as well, or the ones that are standing up to fight for a country that isn't even theirs. Right. Mm. 
Like what, you know, I, I just, I wish for the world. And I, I say this every single day that I pray, I, I wish for an end to white supremacy. I really do. It is on top of climate change. It is going to be the death of us, not just it the is. death of this country, not just agree. the death of our democracy, but it is going to be the death of us, period. It is the self-destructive force that will burn this country alive. It's it's what I call the death rattle of white supremacy that has turned to a death march. They will burn everything, including themselves, just to feel powerful. And if you don't believe me, you have not paid attention to the past five years. You're not paying attention to what's happening in Hungary, in Russia, in Poland. There's a reason. We've discussed this on the show briefly. Why? These same folks, these white Christian nationalists love Putin so much, love Viktor Orban of Hungary so much, right? Because if they can't be on top, nobody can be on top. And we don't want to be on top. We just want to share. Just Or or as, as uh, Jason Johnson once told me uh, on MSNBC, he said, I just want to be left alone. White people, just leave me alone. Leave Let me, me just alone. breathe. That's, I mean, that, and that's, that's the thing too. That's how I feel as well. I don't, I don't want to share actually. I just want to be left alone to live my life, right? To access my American dream. So long as I'm not harming anybody, leave me the fuck alone. Karen, stop picking up the phone. Chad, go away, right? Mind your own business and leave the rest mm. of us to ours. And that is just something that is just too difficult to do. Too difficult to do. <laughs> because exterminate the brutes. You have to save the savages. You have to save the brown women from the brown men, which is why we have to go invade places like Iraq and Afghanistan. But once it comes to saving them, and once we can do something, well, hmm. you just wait your turn, invader, and we're going to give first dibs to the ones that look like us, the ones, you know, who are civilized. Maybe the civilized thing to do is to help everyone and to be compassionate and be empathetic and look beyond skin and say, oh, look, human beings, people, families, babies, we can help them. That would be something. But until we confront whiteness and white supremacy and eradicate it from our system, it's going to poison us. It's going to be, know, it's going to linger forever. I like herpes. I just had a thought, which is like funny and absurd. But imagine this. Imagine if the world was having a conference call on like white supremacy. And you and I are the are the presenters. And we're like, there's so much racism, there's so much white supremacy. And everyone, all the white people at the table are like, you know what? That's a really good point, Washington Yale. We're gonna go ahead and put that in the parking lot. We'll circle back to that later. <laughs> like that is what the world essentially says every time we're like, but white That's supremacy, they're like Let's go ahead and put that in the parking lot. Really important, guys. Super we're gonna important. Park it. We're going to park it for just we're now. We're going to park it just for right now. Um, but we'll come back to it. And we come back, just stand Come back there to us in waiting. 2024. Come back to us. Yeah. No, that's, come back the, to you us. know, and, and the thing is, we don't park it. We, we, we drive the car right in the middle of the home <laughs> and say, here's the car. It's running. Get in or get out. Uh, you can't park these conversations. Uh, and uh, again, this Ukrainian tragedy, it is a tragedy. Mm -hmm. uh, we're wishing for peace. There are going to be people who, who, there already are people, thousands of people who are refugees, people who have yeah. fled, people are going to be fleeing. Uh, Danielle and I agree wholeheartedly. We have to help these folks. But it seems that it's really good to be, to a, white be a white refugee. refugee. If you got to be a refugee, be, be a, a white, white refugee. One. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. I'm Wajah Ali. And we'll be in the parking lot next week if you need us. Mm -hmm.